I talk in writing. I talk in metaphors, similes, odd facts, other people's names. I hear other voices in my head sometimes when I try to put these imaginary people together and construct these imaginary worlds. Sometimes it's loud in here, fam. Sometimes it's loud in here. Perhaps I'm not alone in that. Welcome to the Writer's Block. This space is for aspiring writers, indie and published authors who desire tips, tricks and tools to foster confidence in your ability to write. This space is also for voice actors, editors and literary agents. All those people whom are writing adjacent. Let this space be a haven, a resource, and a reminder you can write all you see and see all you write. Grab your pens. We're about to circle the block. This year marks a decade that I have been at this independent author journey. And sometimes I don't really give myself enough credit for that. Part of that may be to my own desire to be further along in that career than I am. So I try not to beat up on myself too hard or too often, but I'm my own worst critic. Yet in this particular and most curious occupation, I find myself talking in writer and it wasn't until a friend of mine actually said that when we were actually having a text conversation of all things no pun intended I told him that you know I'm a writer you know I'm always thinking about stuff about things and how things are phrased and thinking about the right word that I want to use and what he said was I noticed that but then again this is the same person who plays chess and poker to relax so uh, you know, two thinkers having a conversation is actually really, <laughs> it's something to behold, actually. And the funny thing about this is, I didn't really give credence to it until recently. Like, I talk in writer, and a lot of writers that I know we all talk in writer. So, we, so, you know, we all kind of get along in that very, organic linguistic way and that's not necessarily a bad thing that's not a that's not a bad thing if anything I think it's a nod to the level of care that we put into this crap because not a lot of people really <clears throat> like to give artists credit for the work that they do the phrases that we that we create and earlier in my career when i was actually married uh my ex-husband would uh would say would repeat something that i would say and i'm like did you just repeat me back to me and it wasn't a dig it wasn't something bad but when i heard him repeat it i'm like oh that sounds dope but i know i've said that before so i'm like are you quoting me back to me he was like yeah i was like oh and i happened to ask him like why you know the typical writer question he said, because, you know, it sounded good and it makes sense. And the associate of mine, I would, I would catch doing the same thing. And I was like, did you just quote me back to me, fam? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, why? She goes, genisms are great. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So, so now these 
fly-by-night phrases have a home called genisms. More about that later. But the thing that I find interesting about, you know, these speech patterns, this linguistic acrobatics that I perform, is the fact that not just people quote me back to me, it's the fact that they even exist in the first place. And again, I talk in writer. What I write down is probably what I've said. And I'm fond of saying that I'll add more to it before I take any away. And I've earned these stripes so far as a writer, as a black woman who is a writer. You know, my ping, my ping game is getting most excellent. And I'm very proud of myself for that that I have decided to, to take on the English language as the descendant of colonized people, that right there just automatically feels like an immeasurable flex. But I think a lot of writers succumb to that, not because we think about it or we just wanna sound you know, more, um, more posh or even more pompous, more arrogant than we actually may be. If language is what you do, language becomes an intricate part of who you are. I've had people that I, you know, come up with, um, come up meaning uh, grew up with. I've had people that I've had classes with or had job interviews with and they'll, they'll they, nine out of 10, they will ask me, you know, do you write? Or, you know, your voice sounds like you should be doing something else. And, you know, I sometimes, depending, I sometimes reveal my superpower, my superpower. I would say, you know, yeah, I write books. I do X, Y, and Z. You know, I, I'm in media. Oh, I, I knew it. I knew it. You sound like it. So I thought that was kind of a flex, right? Because writers have a sound. I sound like a writer, right? I sound like somebody who does this thing and does this thing well. That's a flex all by itself. Hey, you guys, I'm Chelsea Lockhart, an author of Black Girl Fantasies and the founder of the Melanin Library. And this year, I'll be partnering with the Writer's Block podcast to help share with you guys the Melanin Library, an online database of books written by Black authors. This website is a free resource and was created to make finding books by Black authors a simpler experience and to create a space on the Internet where Black authors are showcased and celebrated without exception. We highlight books of all genres, whether indie or traditionally published. So if you are a Black author, please submit your books to us so we can help share it. And if you'd like to help keep the Melanin Library in existence, consider joining our Patreon. $3 goes a long way in helping us keep the Melanin Library alive as a free resource for everyone to use. You can head to our website, melaninlibrary.com, to find out more. We appreciate whatever support you can give. And until next time, may all your books be full of melanin. I think talking in writer is a specific type of code switching. Being able to go back and forth between, as Amy Tan says, multiple Englishes from the AAVE to corporate speak to my natural, my natural voice, you know, hanging around with my, with my family or friends. And even that is, uh, is dicey depending on the friend group that I'm talking to because there are some who I can't lean completely into that, this mix, this hybrid 
accent of, you know, of Midwest kid with Southern roots type accent that sometimes appears when I'm telling a really good story or when I'm tired. And it's very slight, but when I'm tired, you can definitely hear it. And again, I think talking in, talking in writer is a language unto itself because a writer's head is loud. There are, there are consistent memes about it. There are groups about it. You know, there are brainstorming sessions where we of this, <laughs> us of this misfit outfit known as writers will get together and we'll, and we'll be something, something will be said. And then there's this gaggle of other interpretations and opinions about that. And it is literally the coolest thing in the world. And again, as I said in last segment, writers have a sound. You sound like language is what you do. You sound like you are curious about not even the phonetics of a thing, but the accuracy of the word that you want to use. That language has literally become a part of who you are. And if I'm honest, during, let's just say darker parts of my writing journey, when, you know, the kid didn't think that she had, a, she had enough stuff to do, what, to do what she needed to do, the kid being me, when I didn't think that I could really do this, I just needed, I just needed some encouragement, right? So what I, what I normally do and still do is I'll listen to, uh, James Baldwin talks. I'll listen to Audre Lorde. I'll listen to Toni Morrison. I'll listen to the voices that help me develop my own. And one of those, per one of those people, uh, you know, curiously is actually Rod Serling. I found myself listening to American Masters on PBS and that in his, in that entire special dedicated to him, that entire show dedicated to him is on um, is on YouTube. So with it being on YouTube, it's easily accessible. But what I thought was so cool was this. He said that writing is a demand is a demanding profession. And because of that demand, I did I didn't um but he I think he says that I didn't you know fall into it. I didn't choose it. No, he said I didn't choose it. I succumbed to it. And I, and he also said, again, Serling, that all writers are born. And he said that at a talk at UCLA in the early, in the early seventies, and also, which I thought was interesting, on the American Masters special, again, the one dedicated to him. He said that, well, it was, I guess, I think it was one of his former students. No, a friend of his that knew Rod. He said that, you know, Rod's teaching style was very, was very relaxed and very relatable. The kids, the, you know, his students loved him. And he said this also, he said, had it been another time, we, we would have all sat around in togas. And when I actually saw Rod teach, I'm like, oh yeah, I can definitely see that. Definitely, definitely see that. And again, go, going back to, I sound like a writer. All writers are born. 
you succumb to this. And there are, there is a level, I think, of the mysterious that goes along with this particular, this particular craft. I really do. I am evidence of that. There have been times that I have come up with, come up with things and, and been doing something totally different. Uh, like when I wrote my first novel, Ruby, I was actually sitting in a living room with my now ex-husband and blur and blurted out a, and blurted out a sentence. And some days I don't even know how he, he stood being married to me because being married to an artist is, is something, unless you are an artist yourself, you really, you really can't, you really can't explain it because we are liable to do anything. But I remember telling him, what if there was a guy who was married to a woman, but then she found out that he was never, she was never really the one he wanted to be with. And he said, you know, that sounds horrible. You know, what story is that? I said, I don't know, but I have to write it. So you have these moments where you are coming out, literally coming out of the woodwork with stuff. And you just want somebody to, I don't even know if, if understand is the right word, but you want to give your thoughts somewhere to land. You want to give these things that are that are swarming around and buzzing around your head somewhere to physically be so you can physically see it and figure out the rest. And again, I just go back to, you know, right, being a writer has a sound and that is the coolest thing in the world to me. Because when people say that to me again, it means that I am working at my craft in such a way that what you think I am, I already sound like. Now that's, that's powerful. That's powerful. There was a former paramour who uh, told me that, who was very, uh, let's just say, invested in my, in, in my craft, right? He, pre he liked the particular genre that I wrote uh, under an assumed name. And he said, I should just write more of that. And I'm like, you know, that's, no, I, I don't really want to, I don't really want to do that. I want to do other stuff and that. And I remember, you know, showing him a particular particular blog post that I wrote about, you know, Englishes, again, using the Amy Tan word. And he said to me that, you know, there's only one English. I'm like, no, there's multiple, especially if you were an immigrant or, or a uh, minority person. And we got into it about that. The thing that is essential I think to note as you go on your journey is sometimes you might talk like a writer you might so you might sound like it you may come up with concepts and phrases because writers are readers we're consistently reading and cons we're constantly consuming language either for our own consumption through conversation through day jobs through books we're constantly consuming language so since we're constantly consuming language, we're going to clearly have that be the chief way by which we relate to the world. And relating to the world through language is something that not a lot of people can do or know how to do or even have a desire to do. But yet it's done though, isn't it? I talk like a writer because I am one. And I'm getting confident enough in my own career, in my own body of work, right? And using the word from uh, Unc, uh, Dr. Frank Roberts and Big Cousin Aldo B. Martin, who 
run the Finding James Baldwin podcast, that I have a corpus, right? I have a corpus of work now. And for that cause, yeah, I'm gonna always sound like a writer. I'm always gonna talk in writer. I'm always gonna have a couple Englishes in my back pocket, always. It's what I do. It's who I am. I'm doing what I was born to do. And that's a flex all by itself. That's a flex all by itself. The time has come to leave you to your thoughts and words. The hope is that what was shared in this space was encouraging, empowering, and a catalyst to write. Special thanks to Valor Music LLC for all audio production and mixing. All business inquiries and advertising inquiries can be sent to circlethewritersblock at gmail.com. If you feel so inclined to support the work of this podcast to continue to fight erasure of black and minority writers, consider supporting through Cash App at dollar sign J-B-H-W-R-I-T-E-S, that's J-B-H Writes, or PayPal at S-G-L-L-C dot one zero three eight at yahoo.com. We will see you next time when we circle the blog.